Staying alive, just what you need when parenting seems like a nightmare. This podcast is about parenting, its complexities, its joys, and the sheer volume of what it seems you must know without much adequate preparation. Some days are good, no question, but just when you think you've got it all figured out, there those children you made go, showing how they mutate into people you don't even want to know. And it seems you must start all over again. (laughs) Does this sound like you? If so, this podcast is for you. It's meant to give you support in what is likely the most important job you'll ever have. You won't get paid in currency, but the joys can actually be worth more. Subscribe and listen in as my guests and I share war stories from the field. Just like us, I promise that ultimately you'll find yourself dancing to staying alive from the BGs. Hello, good morning, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Staying Alive. As you know, we always bring you all these nuggets from, I was going to say experts, but none of us are. And actually, we don't like to be called experts. We're just old and we just know (laughs) the mistakes we've made and we're prepared to own up to them. And uh, Staying Alive is really just about sharing some of those experiences, help you to not feel alone. And then just really motivate you to just keep trying because really parenting is a journey. And uh, along the way, you will make mistakes. You meet people, they'll share their little nuggets and you take what you want. You don't have to take everything. Uh, But again, just recognizing that we're coming from different spaces. So welcome again to this episode. And for this, we have the ultra amazing Ruth Kwakwa. Okay. <laughs> I thought you'd laugh, Ruth. <laughs> I am, but I'm, I'm I'm trying not to do this too loudly because it might sound bad. But I think so, this is where I say thank you, Mary. Yeah, <laughs> thank I you think for so. Having me. <laughs> so Ruth is a life coach in training. She's a former university administrator. She's a cheerleader for kids who are chasing exposure, opportunities, and dreams. I loved that, Ruth, when you said that you know, and a mother of three. She's got two boys and a girl. And that's why I asked her on this particular episode to talk about raising boys and girls. Should we be raising them differently? Yes, no, maybe so. Well, Ruth is going to tell us what she thinks. And then, you know, later on, you can share what you think in the comments and emails and so on. I would love to hear from you because this is something that we probably unconsciously, you know, think about and, and, and stuff, but we never actually put it into words. And, and of course, we know that it is informed by, by culture, by how you were raised yourself. So over to you, Dean Kwakwa. <laughs> no longer Dean, but okay, I'll take it. Dean forever. So- Dean forever. <laughs> So, Mary, when you sent me the topic, I think I balked because I, I thought, well, then you're speaking to the wrong person because <laughs> I, I, I wasn't I wasn't raised in a in a in a in a family where there was a, a strict gender line um, mm. between my brother and I. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that happened for many reasons, um, which I can go into later. But suffice to say. I think what I got from my parents and what 
Kofi and I kind of decided was everything was kind of up for grabs. Mm. Everything, mm -hmm. everything, uh, the nerd side of us kicked in. Maybe the the intellectually curious side of us. I dare not say yeah. academic side. That sounds a bit. Mm. Um, the, the 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 intellectually curious side of us came up, and and we basically said, our values are the same, mm. but how that plays out as parents, we're really okay. We're winging it. There there's no text. You can read all the books in the world, but there is no textbook for this. So no, we were no. open to evaluating everything step by step mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we agreed to do it together. Yeah. So it wasn't like one person was going to, was going to, you know, have the heavy hand in it. No, we knew, I guess perhaps because we met each other as fellow students, we mm. knew that everything would be up to lively discussion and that I would tap him on his shoulder and say, "Hun, how do we do this? And he would tap me and he said, well, what do you think about this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. well, yes, well, that was the response. But we were both asking each other this at various times. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was most important, the understanding that there was there were going to be things that we would not have ever encountered yes. and that we would agree to go through it with each other. Yeah. So that said, a little, a little history. So I'm not Ghanaian. Mm -hmm. So Kofi met me as a hardcore Jamaican. Um, in university. Is there any and other kind of Jamaican, Ruth? Truth, truth, Jamaicans. okay. <laughs> I just thought I'd make it look like that. But yes, okay. So we're we're a bit unfiltered and in your face. But so so he meets me, he then meets my family. And mm. by this point his dad died when he was really young. Mm. Um so he was raised by his mother and his and uncles and other, obviously the extended family. Yeah. But he meets me, meets my family in Jamaica early on when we were early dating days, but we were just really good friends. Mm. And he sees my dad and he sees my mom and sees how they relate mm. to us. Mm. And he kind of combines that in his head with how he was raised. Right. And I think maybe that got us to the point where we said, you know what, there are going to be a lot of things that we're going to be talking about because yeah. Jamaica and Ghana see gender very differently. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so there's going to be opportunity for, for discourse around this. Right. Um, there's going to be right. opportunity for discourse around who cooks and, and the, the, the things we have in our head about who cooks in a family, the things mm -hmm. we have in our head about um, getting married and is it yeah. necessary for one person mm -hmm. to come fully endowed financially to yeah. woo the other person because mm -hmm. he saw that we weren't, I wasn't raised like this in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. So there were so many things that were up for grabs. So we knew from the, yeah. from the get go that as parents, this is how we would be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and that's, that's just one. a background. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then your first one comes, she's a girl. She's a girl. Funny, mm -hmm. funny. Culturally <laughs> in Ghana, everybody kept saying, eh, eh, Oh, you're having a girl. That's good. Now in Jamaica, people kind of say, "Yo, you gotta have a man. You gotta have a boy." So, so, so when I mean, we're not hard and fast about, it, but when that happened, I found that culturally interesting, and I was wondering how that would would play out. So, 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 girl shows up, and what do we default to? We default to whatever our parents taught us, or however we saw our parents raising us. To be clear, I, 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 you know, when you gave me this question, I sat and racked my brain to think about. 
the moments in which my parents made distinctions between my brother and I in terms of our our upbringing. Yeah. You can think of and that. The, the only thing I could think of was that whenever I wanted to do something, we're a whole neighborhood of kids and we yeah. never, we don't draw gender lines the way you do in Ghana. And we don't mm. draw gender lines within about saying the girl must be home and cooking and the boy must be out, can be out and doing other right. things. We, we, we don't have that. So, and, and, and we don't right. put a huge emphasis as, as big an emphasis as you do on girls staying around the kitchen. Yeah. It'd be good for you to right. learn to cook, but you can do that later on. So, yeah. So, so for me, the only thing I could think of was when I used to go out and sit in the trees, all me and my girlfriends and the guys in the neighborhood, we'd sit in the trees and play mango war and throw mangoes at each other, mango seeds at each <laughs> I other. I loved that. And the, and the only time I got pushback was when the guys were going, th once a week, the guys wanted to run through um, the waterways in Jamaica, we call them gullies. I, I've never heard anybody use that expression here, but it's like mm -hmm. massive gutters that yeah. were dry in out of the rainy season. They're absolutely dry. Mm -hmm. And and my brother and his friends used to go exploring. So yeah. for me, I was like, what? Explore, explore. Oh my goodness, can I go? <laughs> and that's when my mom sort of said no, because Jamaica wasn't the safest place. Polit mm -hmm. There were political issues. Mm -hmm. And on the basis of the fact that I was... I'm not even sure I was physically weaker, but I mm. was I was physically weaker as a girl and physically vulnerable mm. to mm -hmm. to things like every parent thinks about. Oh my gosh, rape! Yeah, that's yeah. the one time that I was held back from mm. doing what my brother could do. Yeah, and I yeah. remember it because at that point I internalized it and said, "Hang on, they're going on adventure. They're going to <laughs> see new things, night. new places. Yeah. They're running. They're laughing." And I should just stay home. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that didn't feel right. And I re and it stands out to this day. I don't know why that particular memory stands out, but that's what stands out. Yeah. Um, everything yeah. else was up for debate in our house. I yeah. I couldn't be made to wash the dishes more other more often than my brother. No, yeah. no, that we were we were doing unionized conversations mm -hmm. about if I do it one day, he will do it the next. And and yeah. my parents respected that. Yeah. So that was that was my context. So coming, you know, having a queer first. Um, I remember thinking that maybe we were giving a queer too many traditional female roles than mm. a little girl deserved in our books. Yeah. When we left Ghana, went to South Africa, she was about, I think she was about six or seven mm. and she had to write an essay at school about herself. And one of the things she wrote was, I am the eldest in the family and I'm always being told that as a girl, I have to be in charge of my brothers. Oh, <laughs> I was in shock because mm. even though I know it's the very Ghanaian thing for the older girl to take care yeah. of her younger brothers, mm -hmm. we had said that we wouldn't try to put yeah. that on yeah. her. Yeah. She, why? We just, yeah. just be. And that yeah. was a point at which we realized that no, culturally that message was yeah. getting through and yeah. that there would be aspects that would go through. But as long as it didn't interfere in what we consider to be her choices for life, mm -hmm. 
because mm-hmm. both Kofi and I were raised by people who said, the world is your oyster and everything is up for grabs. And he has hugely accomplished right. sisters who lived yes. that out. And he has a mother mm-hmm. who lived that out. So mm-hmm. both of us came from the, from that, from that mindset that said, girls go out there and accomplish boys go right. out there and accomplish accomplish yeah. as humans yeah so that was I our mean, that was our yeah and that part when you said you know this is what she wrote because this is what she was sensing and it wasn't like you had planned to do that or you were even aware of it And so there must be some implicit ways that as parents, we send those messages that get to our daughters and get to our sons as well, you know? So what are some of those implicit ways that we must um, be aware of, you know? Because until we get our kids to write these essays, (laughs) you know? You'd never see it. Yeah, get our kids to, to tell us. How, the, how they think, but that whole, you know, you're a girl, so you you take care of stuff, you know, and so, it's almost so like in Ghana, boys. In Ghana, it shows up in language. I, I don't speak mm. Cree, which is our family language, um, but in English, what I'm hearing in, in Ghana mm. is a lot of references to you're a girl, so, mm. or you're a big sister, so. Yeah. Yeah. You're not a bigger sibling, you're a big sister. No. I don't know what it would have been like if we had had a, had a bigger brother. Maybe, you know, in Jamaica, once or twice I heard the, to my brother, I heard, yes, as her brother, you sh- you have to take care of her and protect her. So maybe yeah. that went on too, but it didn't get very far because <laughs> my brother declared every man for himself. So, <laughs> so you know, but maybe it's in our languaging around, eh, but you're a girl, you're a, there is, I because, because yeah. this is a, the environment I grew up in. Mm. Or conversation speaks a lot yes. to what girls should do and what yeah. boys should do. And you'll um, hear more of it too, like you're saying, because you didn't grow up here. So certain things that we would, those of us who grew up here would normalize. And so they just don't trigger anything in our minds. You know, yes. I'm, I'm the oldest of five and um, I heard it all the time. You know, I heard it all the time, but I, I do think that in the early years, it was more like you're the oldest. That's it. Okay. I didn't mm-hmm. hear you're the oldest girl. But then as I grew older and, and certain things were restricted to me, you know, you can't do this because you're a girl. And it harkens to your story as well. The, the whole safety aspect. What if you go out and someone rapes you, someone does this and that to you. But, oh, no, the boys can go out because nobody would dare touch them. You know, and slowly you start forming this image of, okay, I have all this responsibility. I'm expected to take care of everyone else, but I can't do what I want. You know, so what is this? Where am I going to ever feel like I'm in in control? So maybe can I switch this up and just ask you a question then? (laughs) Maybe maybe it will help me to reflect. (laughs) Look at us, Mary, we're friends. Come on. Um, Beyond safety, Mm. what were one or two? of the mm. things that you were told you couldn't do because th- you were a girl. Mm. I think it was mostly safety and then just decorum, you know, 
as a girl, mm-hmm. you, 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 you can wear certain clothes. You always had to look respectful, you know, and, and my grandma, who was incredibly traditional, you know, if you do this, you won't get married. It was like marriage was the ultimate goal, <laughs> you know, and you had to be presented, you know, and when you watch these old English, even old English ones, I mean, these days we watch period pieces all the time. It's like you're just being groomed to be presentable to a man, you know? So it was actually, it was actually from my dad that I remember feeling like I could do whatever I wanted because dad said, you can be anything. You can be anything. Yes, he was interested in, in whom I would marry, but it wasn't the overarching thing. But the women in my family were really intent on preparing me for marriage. Okay. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I asked you that there because I was seriously struggling. So I never once heard growing up mm. or heard any of my friends growing up the the pressure bound statement mm. that you have to do X, otherwise you will not get married. Wow. I never once heard it. Okay. And my friends didn't, we, we, it just didn't, you don't hear it. You like wow. boys, you go after boys, but you, you don't hear it. Mm. And in fact, another bit of context for how I was raised was when it came time to get married, Kofi and I had been together for years, um, um, so six years maybe. And the, at the moment at which we decided we were getting married, I remember calling my dad and saying, wow. There are some things that I, from we're going to agree what our life will look like, but I'm realizing that there are certain things I'm going to have to compromise on. Mm. Wow, it never occurred to me. And, and, and I remember <laughs> him saying, him saying in full love for Kofi, mm. he said, yeah. Ruth, remember, no one said you had to get married. Wow. Nowhere is it said that you have to get married. Marriage mm. is a choice. Mm. And when you choose it, you choose a whole bunch of other things, but mm. you can choose not to get married. Yeah. And he said this with, with nothing, it had nothing to do with who I was with. It yeah. was the principle of choice. Mm. And I think that is what I grew up with. And many of my girlfriends, you know, honestly, I'd be hard pressed if I went to them right now and asked all of them, did any of you hear that you had to get married? Yeah. I, I'm sure yeah. that I, I, I can't think of one who did. Yeah. Over here, I don't think we ever questioned it. It was just accepted that you will get married. And, um, you know, you're, you're very fortunate, actually, if you come from a home where the expectation is that you will um, get an education first, you know, before you get married, you know. So um, those of us who were able to have that conversation with our parents about it, you know, because I was dating um, a, a guy that at a certain point I thought, no, I don't want to marry you, you know. And I remember um, asking my parents if we could have a chat because they liked him and they thought that's where it was leading. And I remember agonizing over how I would present it to them. And, and when I eventually did, my dad said, well, if you've thought about it and you've prayed about it, then we're behind you. And I remember thinking, yay, why was I so worried? You know, but it comes from the home, doesn't it? I was so yes. worried that I would be told that, but he's a good man. 
Um, he has a great job. He comes from a good family. You know, all the, the, the boxes were being ticked. Do you yeah. see what I mean? So yeah. it, it's that thing that I think a, a lot of girls are still being raised with because some of the choices we see our young people making come from, you know, that desire to continue that narrative, you know, that they were raised with. And yet on the other hand, with the boys, it's like, just be careful. You don't get somebody pregnant or, or something like that. It's like, and even then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even then when it happens, okay, <laughs> no biggie. You know? So, so once again, as you're speaking, I'm remembering that there is a gender specific conversation. Oh, it's all mm. coming up now. <laughs> but interestingly, it's a mm. gender specific conversation for girls to make sure that girls are independent and not vulnerable. Yeah. And it's a whole yes. conversation around VEX money. Do you know what VEX yes. money is? No. Is that Jamaican? Uh, well, it's Jamaican, but I've heard other people talk about it. So okay. what is it? VEX money. Let's mm. say I'm a teenager. I'm let's say I'm 16 and I'm going on a date with a guy, you know, as mm. dates go, you know, go to the movie <laughs> or go to the mall. Whoopee. Yeah. Um, if the movie costs 30, $30, I'm just going to use generic $30. Um, and we are barely scraping together the $30 for me to pay. And the assumption, we don't necessarily assume that he's going to pay. Right. So I might pay if my parents are barely scraping together the $30 for me to go. Uh But if I had to take a taxi home, it would cost $40. Yeah. They would give me the $40 on top of the 30 and call it VEX money. Mm. Vex money is the money that you give to your daughter so that if she goes out on a date Ah. and she needs to get out of that situation because there's something ugly brewing or she's in an awkward situation and she wants to leave and doesn't want to leave with a guy, she has money to get herself back home. And so we, we raise our daughters with that sort of feeling that no matter what, you should not be vulnerable and dependent yeah. on somebody yeah. if there's something, you, a situation you need to get out of. Yeah. Boys don't hear. Boys don't have a vex money conversation. No. <laughs> but, but we do it. But we do it for our daughters because once again, it's that vulnerability factor. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. What, you know the compound houses we have in Ghana mm-hmm, that families mm-hmm. build, right? Mm-hmm. The um the the understanding was that you know, that each of the, what we call hall and chamber, you know, hall and chamber, hall and chamber. It is, yeah, and it's all apportioned. Then there's a courtyard in the middle that it's given to the girls in the family. And I remember asking about that one time when we went to the hometown and I think there was a funeral or something and, you know, who's sleeping where. And so it just got me to ask because I noticed that all my aunties, right, had, um, had rooms, you know, the uncles didn't have rooms, but the aunties did. And the way it was explained to me is so that one day when you go away into marriage and something goes wrong, that you always have a home to come back to. So along yes. with us pushing our, our daughters into marriage and, and urging them to make marriage a goal, somehow in there, we've also provided something for them if it doesn't go well. So again, the vulnerability leading us to provide, you know, for them. But I don't think this is communicated well, Ruth. 
I don't think well, so. Well, maybe, maybe it doesn't have a title, but maybe it, it shows up in places and maybe it shows up differently in matrilineal and patrilineal um, tribes. Maybe the yeah. Akan, you know, is different from the guy. I don't know. But yeah. certainly a lot of Jamaicans talk about the fact that we inherited a very strong matrilineal culture through yeah. the legacy, legacy, quote unquote, of slavery mm. Mm. Um, in which we push our girls very hard to be yeah. independent and mm. and by independent we don't mean that you mustn't get married you must stay by yourself independent mm. just means try not to be in a state of vulnerability yeah and and that yeah. if you look at if you look at the jamaican society for example it's one of the few countries in the world where women are more educated than men mm. even through the science faculty wow so all the way from primary all the way through there's a pressure on okay so this is gender specific mm -hmm we put a lot of pressure on our girls to be educated mm -hmm. and to be self self-sufficient mm -hmm. that, that mm -hmm. we do. Yeah. Um, and it shows up in from Trinidad who say the same thing too. Yeah. You know, yeah. They do. But what does that then do to our boys? You know, because somewhere along the line, I've just been wondering about this, you know, um, uh, getting, getting girls uh, more educated or better educated, advocating for girls. There's been a lot of push in the last 40 years or so, uh, to recognize that we we have to support women girls uh, going into into yeah. womanhood and and sometimes you wonder because that independence that we are raising our daughters with right if we don't do something about the raising of our boys right mm -hmm. uh, some societies will um will 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 not pressure them, but I think the boys are not quite ready then to deal with that independent girl. Yes. Right? So there has to be teaching in tandem. And yes. I will go back yes. to my household. So we never hear the wording, the languaging around independence. It's not what we hear. We, 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 we get to understand that what it means is you need to be in a situation where you're not vulnerable. Mm. And we teach both boy in my house. It was both my brother and I, and we were taught the, 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 the languaging around choices and mm. consequences. So that's, that's fairly gender neutral. So if yeah. I'm being taught to not be in a state, not end up in a state where I'm vulnerable, he's being taught not to ever make a girl Anyone feel vulnerable. vulnerable. Yeah. He's taught to listen to when a woman says she's feeling vulnerable. Yeah. Then he says, okay, we need to talk about this because neither of us should have that feeling of vulnerability. And truth is, in a lot of households, in, in, in my upbringing, in a lot of households, we got the boy thing wrong. So there's actually been several attempts mm -hmm. to do mm -hmm. an affirmative action for boys movement in Jamaica because we were yeah. putting, pushing our girls so much that the boys, mm -hmm. people say the boys were being let off Don't the hook up. and therefore weren't being challenged as much as the yeah. girls. And so you see the girls showing up yeah. in management positions and then the boys kind of mm -hmm. saying, yeah, yeah, she, that's my girl, man. I'm, I'm good. I'll, I'll, I'll follow her. So that said, mm -hmm. before I get give anybody the impression that we're trying to push girls ahead of boys, no. The yeah. conversation should yeah. be, we are raising t incredible boys and mm -hmm. girls who should be given mm -hmm. the benefit of choice, who should not ever feel vulnerable in their lives and in their relationships, yeah. Yeah. and who should be able to have agency as human beings to mm. negotiate and to get what they want out yeah. of life. Yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. I don't yeah. think one should overpower the other, but really there has to be partnership. Working Otherwise, together. 
That yeah. is so true. That is yeah. that is just so true. And I, I think that maybe it's, you know, when we, we talk about race and, um, and all that has arisen from systemic racism, um, it, it, it's hard hearing it, you know, from a particular race, you know, uh, telling others what to do. And, and perhaps <laughs> in, in a similar situation with this, it takes women like us to say, you know what, our boys, our boys need this, our boys need this. And what better place for it to start than at home? In the yes. home, to, to, to have strong women, but not where strong means uh, abusive or insulting or overpowering women. You yeah. know, they, 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 they need, I, I don't think that we've had that conversation about what it means to and, be such a good role model in the home for our boys. Yeah, and, and we have to. We, 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 we have to see them as, as humans. We, mm. we have to see that one isn't meant to to beat up on the other, but each mm-hmm. has to respect the other. And, yeah. and I think, I think because let me take the case of Ghana. If you look at the literacy figures, mm. there's a huge disparity and there's still a disparity in terms of what people have access to. Um, yeah. there are a lot of people who yeah. say, no, it's full on equality, but I'm saying, no, it's not mm-hmm. quite equal access yet. Equal yeah. voice. It's, it's not quite there yet. And so until that happens, you will hear more and more women advocating for women's rights in Ghana. Yeah. And all they're saying is, can we be at a point where we all have equal access and equal yeah. choice? Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. people hear it as, and, oh, you are trying to advocate for women to be yes. up on men. Yes. No, no, that, that's not no. what it's about. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Something anyway. Like so matter, isn't it? You yeah, know. exactly. We just that want everybody to, like, to be on the same yeah. platform. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's what we advocate for. You know, when when I hear about when I hear about what was it the other day? Was it cases of rape or date rape or something? But wow. my first reaction is, okay, I need to talk to my boys. Hmm. It wasn't, oh, I need to talk to my girl and tell her to watch yeah. herself on the street. No, yeah. no, no. It's listen here, boys. Yeah. You dare not mm-hmm. disrespect somebody else's daughter. Yeah. Here's how it feels to be a girl who is being followed mm-hmm. by or leered after or stared at by a boy. You dare not make another girl a girl feel vulnerable. Let's yeah. have a conversation. And I think that as parents, we can't keep focusing on the girls when it comes to you know, the, the, the sins of society. Mm-hmm. So go mm-hmm. and talk to your boy and tell him, listen, yeah. you're responsible. So yeah. let's, let's take, for example, this, there's some recent statistics about how many girls felt pregnant during COVID. Mm. And as usual, the narrative is always on the girls. Hello. <laughs> could we go out? <laughs> can we immaculate conception? Can we go out and do research to find out how many men or the profile of men who got these girls pregnant or boys? Let us understand the male part of the story so that we can enter into this amazing teaching and exploratory piece of work with our boys Mm -hmm. to say, what are we getting wrong? Why is this happening? And let's let's talk to them with love so that they... And the girls have the same opportunity. It's not so that we can come out bashing. Yeah, it's just that it's a side of the conversation that we have not dealt yeah. with. Yeah. We're just dealing with half of the equation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so, so really, 
where Kofi and I come from is when we deal with the kids, it's really, are you getting the opportunities that you want out of life? Mm-hmm. We really don't tend to have gender heavy conversations. Mm-hmm. We don't go at our sons and say, son, you need to try harder because you need to provide. Oh, and to, no, no. <laughs> and, and, I, and I remember when Kofi and I were getting married, I came with my Jamaican self. He came with his Ghanaian self. He mm. thought he had to have a list um, of, of, because, because it's culturally what he knew. He thought he'd That's have to right. have a list of things. And I came and said, in my people, when we get married, it's we each come with one tube of toothpaste and we wing it from there. <laughs> so, so, so we don't also talk to our sons about you must have everything ready plus this, and you have to be six years older than her so that you can provide for her. No, no. We basically say, go out there, enjoy life, enjoy yeah. And exactly. cherish the people you're with in that exactly. moment, um, exactly. and and support them as partners, mm. and just go through life with with companionship and partners who yeah. you can learn from and teach. So key, so key. A beautiful way to end this, and you know we could talk forever, Ruth. We, we really could. could, and I I think that this is gonna kickstart a whole other conversation on on how we discuss. Um, and and raise our our boys and girls because we do need to the issues of feminism, what we think about feminism, what people don't understand about feminism, all of that. Oh my gosh, we need to get to the bottom of. But I'm so glad you ended uh, with that, with with how the two of you are working together. And so for parents out there who are listening, if you have a partner, work together with them. There are no wrong answers here. You know, you wing it from day to day, but talk to one another. And if you happen to be a single parent and you have some support there, continue to tap into into those supports. Continue to remind the children they are so special. And that's why sometimes you may fly off a little bit and say something completely out of whack. But, you know, it's always out of love. And I think communicate, communicate, communicate. You know, that's that's the least that we can do. And just seek the advice. And, and I know Ruth's kids and I know what she's talking about because they actually exude that freedom that comes from knowing that you're loved regardless and you have been given room to, to make those choices. But then we have to make that choice. So parents, if you're listening to us, you have to make that choice and say, you know what? I'm going to be the kind of parent that raises a girl who recognizes what society has said and what society continues to say, but she is strong in herself and knows that she has your support. And if you're raising a boy as well to let him know that he has some responsibilities, but it's not because he's a man, it's because he is human. And because of that, (laughs) he has got to be human in all his relationships, whether with another man, with a woman, whoever he comes in contact with, he has to be human. So with that, listeners, we have come to the end. And oh my gosh, each time I keep saying we could talk forever, but you know, Ruth, I think it will get to a point where we we would just be talking to ourselves and nobody would be listening. (laughs) So we, we have to stop here and just say thank you to everyone for listening and a really big special thank you to Ruth for joining us, for sharing so openly, being honest about it and just being real. 
you know just and thank you for my imperfect self thank you so much for this mary because i really thought i couldn't do it but i've, I've, I've somehow managed it and and thanks and i think i think the key is just to give our kids our blessings yeah. and to give them guided choices and yeah. and and we're good to go thank you thank it you for well. this and thanks listeners wow yeah awesome 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 so parents out there keep staying alive god bless you see you next time bye this has been a gold coast report production